This is a CNIB Foundation podcast. Because Braille. Hi, you're listening to Rhonda Underhill Gray and our series Because Braille. Today in the studio, I have Ryan Hui. Did I say that right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> With me, and we're going to talk about why, Bri- uh, yeah, get your name right, <laughs> why we've invited Ryan to the studio to talk about his journey in learning Braille. So, Ryan, you're a little bit later to the learning Braille uh, scene. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your story and what sort of got you initiated in wanting to do that? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is a real pleasure, and I'm really excited. I, I love to geek out about Braille, even though I'm a little bit late to the party. But uh, So I lost my vision about six years ago, and I learned grade one Braille right off the bat. Um, I, I, I thought it would be very useful. I wasn't really sure where I was going in life uh, career-wise, so I wanted to have my options open. Um, and recently, I have just began learning, well, I shouldn't say recently, it's been about a year since uh, I've learned grade two Braille, and I'm just ending up now, which I'm, I'm really excited about because I think it opens a, a lot of doors, and uh, it's been helping me out. So did you lose your sight all of a sudden? Did you know it was coming? So no, actually, I, I did lose my sight all of a sudden. I suffer from uh, diabetes retinopathy. Uh, I'm 32 years old. And I've been diabetic since I was six. Uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we went uh, bowling one Saturday night. Uh, she woke up for work Sunday morning, went in. I woke up and I couldn't see. So it was really just overnight. I mean, I wore reading glasses, but my vision was fine. I drove home the Saturday night and all of a sudden I, I, my retinas detached overnight. That's quite a shock. It took a lot of adjusting, and I'm probably going to be adjusting for the rest of my life, but I really have a good support system, and uh, CNIB has helped me out quite a bit with, uh, you know, getting some things in order and uh, making me be as successful as I can be. Did you know much about Braille before you took on the task of learning it? I don't, I didn't know much about what Braille, I knew what Braille was, but I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know anything about um, how the letters were uh, laid out or anything like that. But, you know, you see it around in elevators and things like that. And I just, I sort of just took it for granted. You know, I I was a young kid. I was like, you know, I I would play with the Braille, but I I really didn't use it for anything, right? So uh, coming into it, I was a completely new student. And uh, I think that's what the ILS liked most about me was uh, you start from scratch. You didn't have any preconceived ideas about how you might use it then or anything of the sort? Well, one of the first discussions I had at CNIB was with an ILS, and she kind of said that she laid out about five important ways that I could use Braille in my day-to-day life, whether it's labeling spices, uh, using the magnetic strips for uh, cans of soup, things like that, uh, and uh, even just making lists and stuff. But uh, I wasn't at that point yet, but I do still use it for labeling things around the house. What kind of things do you label? So I use the magnetic strips a lot. Um, I know there's a lot of new technology out there, but there's something about the old school having the Braille on top of the tuna can that I feel comfortable with. Uh, And then I just, I I take the magnetic strip off and stick it on the fridge and they just keep getting reused. So I do a lot of that for soup, uh, cans of tuna. Does that help you create your grocery list too then? Because if it's an empty label on the fridge, would you then sort of go, okay, I need tuna, soup, 
That's interesting. I never really thought about that. I have to admit, I've kind of been lazy and I just use the Siri for my grocery list now. But uh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's something to explore and really, uh, yeah, because I, I could actually use that. That that would be really cool, I think. Because yeah, if you're using it and it's once you put the magnet on the fridge, then you know that that's a product you now need to get. So even if you're making your list to take it with you in Siri, you can read it right off the, off the um, fridge. No, I, I, I think you're right. And it's really, uh, it's quite fascinating because a lot of my friends have taken to, oh, well, what does this say? What does this say? You know, and they're, they're, they're always feeling the braille, whether it's on a spice container or uh, a page that I have on the table or something. And um, it, it's really cool. They, they really like my business cards because it, it has, you know, braille with your name and your, your phone number on it. So they're, they're fascinated at how letters and numbers are, are kind of the same, right? I was always curious as, you know, when sometimes you go to these restaurants or you go someplace and you put your business card in the bucket um, for they draw for free lunches or prizes or whatever. I always wondered if that would be an advantage, the Braille on the card, because they stick their hand in and they're feeling it's like, what is this? And they pull it out. Well, it hasn't helped me yet. Hasn't helped Not have you, yet. Have, no, you en- have you entered anything? <laughs> I, I, I enter anything and everything I oh, possibly okay. can. So, yeah, well, okay. uh, I'll let you know, though. If I, if I, you know, I'll have to ask some restaurant owners, hey, did you, was it because of the Braille? Yeah, if you win, yes, ask. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you have a very specific interest in, in accelerating your Braille learning right now. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. You don't have to ask me twice to talk about this. So uh, uh, my dear wife, Tracy, who's at home right now, uh, she is seven months pregnant with our first uh, child. And we we know it's a little girl. And uh, I really wanted to learn grade two Braille to be able to teach our little girl to read and to spell. And uh, it's really motivated me because a lot of children's books are in grade two. So I've wanted to learn the contractions so I can sit and read a book with her. Uh, when she's born and it's really really helped me get through some of those uh, sort of tougher times because I have had a hard time learning grade two and I have a great teacher Uh, shout out to her Uh, I hope she's listening and uh, but with uh, my diabetes I was I've had it since I was six and I was a younger kid had my sight I really didn't think I'd ever need to use braille so I was continuously testing all of my fingers for my blood sugar and I sort of have lost that um, that that touch that sense of uh, that sensitivity I guess would be the word uh, in some of my fingers so I've actively had to be careful as to not test what I call my braille reading fingers now uh, so I kind of skip over those ones very and something I hadn't really thought about is the sensitivity in your fingers if you're poking them for 20 odd years hmm it, I, and I, I didn't think it would make a difference, but I notice once I'm, you know, three, four, five lines into reading um, some of the test lines or, or the stories or stuff that uh, you, you really, your fingers start to get numb. And I, I, I've really built up my sensitivity uh, and uh, my stamina to read a little bit more, but I, I think that I could still do better. And um, I, that's why I'm always practicing. So from one parent to another... Uh, some of the really cool things with Braille is you'll be able to read to your child in the car, even in the dark. <laughs> Turn off the lights and read to them while they go to sleep. <laughs> so there's some really advantages as a Braille reader uh, with it to a child that uh, people don't really think about. I used to turn the lights off and then read the bedtime story. So the light's off, it's dark, it's quieter, and I'm reading without the light. So the child would like to go to, you know, it's a little bit easier for the transition to go to sleep because you read with a child and 
I also used to make sure that they had a chance to look at the pictures before I actually took the book and started reading. Or the other thing that I would do is I would give, as they got older, I would give them a copy of the same book that I was reading in Braille so that they weren't trying to see um, around my hands. Just some, some tips and tricks there. They have some really amazing toys uh, for kids now, too, that... Uh, is a Braille user. Lots of board games and things like that that you can actually get access to. Well, I'm a pretty big kid at heart, and uh, the first thing I, I got to play with uh, when I first started learning Braille was uh, the Braille caravans, and I still love those. I still play with them all the time in the Windsor office. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, if, if you can't find them in the cupboard, they're usually at my desk and I'm playing with them. Uh, so that that's really cool. And thank you for the, the pointers. I, I really appreciate that. I'm going to have to bring that up to my wife and say, look, I can do this and you can't kind of thing. Uh, just <laughs> yes. to get the teaser a little bit. And uh, it's, it's funny you should mention um, Reading in the Dark because I actually just got a gift. And it's called the, um, the title might be wrong, but it's called the Black Book of Colors. And it's in Braille and it's in printing. So the whole book is black. And it will say, oh, look at this red fire truck. And then it says that in Braille at the top, but the page is black. So it makes the child who is sighted use their imagination to picture the red ah. fire truck. But there, there's really nothing on the page, right? So it's, it's actually a really cool book. I've read through it a couple times uh, already and uh, really been practicing. So hopefully... It's interesting because initially it's the sound of your voice that the child likes to hear. So even before she's looking at books and whatever, uh, reading to her from the time you bring her home is it's really important, I think. And it's uh, that's amazing that you've taken this on to not only improve your life, but to make sure that she gets what she needs in her learning. I'm hoping to be part of the solution. So, yes, yeah. that, that would be. Has, uh, she na- has she been named yet? She has. No, she has. uh, So she's going to be Abigail, and we're going to call her Abby. Oh, that's really nice. But we're kind of, I don't want to use the word fighting, but we're arguing over the spelling because I want A-B-B-I-E because with the I-E in Braille, it looks like the roof of a house, right? And I I tell that to my wife, Tracy, all the time. I'm like, no, we have to spell what she wants, A-B-B-Y. I'm like, oh, I got a Y in my name. You have a Y in your name. I'm like, it's not cool enough in Braille. I'm like, let's do I-E. That's really interesting uh, because one of the questions I've been asking people is, do you have a favorite contraction or formal formulation of letters that you like to feel in Braille? <laughs> and you like the IE in the roof of the house. That's interesting. That's that's an interesting question. I never really thought about that, I guess. Um, so uh, to mark my USB drives and stuff to make sure that I put them in my computer the right way, I use the Braille labeler and I always mark them with an X. Because it's, you know, dots one, three, four, and six. So it's it's kind of, it touches all points, right? And people always ask me, like, what does this mean? I'm like, it's just a letter X kind of thing. Oh, it's interesting. We've been talking to people about, you know, what they like the feel of under their fingers. And I like the SW for some reason. I just think it's a really neat kind of combination. And it, there's no contraction for SW. It's an S and a W. And I don't even know anybody with those initials that I know of. So <laughs> it's kind of a neat... Um, just a neat combination. Maybe because one of the first words I learned to read was sweater or something. I don't really know. I do still struggle with the um, E's and I's. I sometimes mix them up because uh, they're just kind of backwards of each other. But uh, yeah, I, 
It's interesting that you bring that up. Now I'm going to have to look. I'm, I'm definitely going to be emailing you or calling you and be <laughs> okay. like, hey, I like this one or I don't like this one. Well, um, my last name is Underhill. And when I was in grade seven or eight, I handed in a spelling test and I had mixed up the E and the I. So I was Rhonda Underhill. And uh, <laughs> my teacher was quite amused with that kind of typo. And I was just like, oh, Talk about careless. <laughs> but if it was in Braille, you could use that ER contraction. Um, well, actually, it is for the under, it was uh, the dot five and U with the H-E-L-L instead of H-I-L-L, right? Oh, so, yes. Yeah. You're right. So that's, You're, yeah. that's uh, where I ran into trouble. But I, I don't know that I made that mistake. I was quite old. Like, I mean, old enough that that should not have been happening. But um, And a lot of people have trouble with, you know, the J's and the H's or the D's and the F's and kind of thinking about them. Um Karen Brophy, who is our program literacy person, has a wonderful little story she does with the alphabet um, to teach young children about the shapes of the alphabet. And, um, you know, there there's a bridge and there's traffic and there's all these different, the shapes of the letters tells the story so that the kids remember the first uh, 10 letters. Because once you've learned the first 10 letters, the next 10 are a little bit easier and then the next ones, you know, by adding an extra dot, they're a little bit easier, but then the W messes us up. So <laughs> it's a, Right. There's just no rule. There's just, yeah. Well, and I was talking with somebody else, and they were telling me, you know, people say, isn't it complicated to learn Braille? Um, because there's, you know, uh, there's so much to it. But when you think about how we learn, uh, he was saying, you know, you've got 26 very distinct looking letters that you have to learn when you're learning to read. And then once you've learned those, then they say, here's another 26 letters, and they look different, but they're the same letters, they're just uppercase. And then we tell you, oh, by the way, now that you've learned to print, here's the cursive. And it's when you think about it, they're having to learn that same alphabet like four times, if people learn cursive anymore. With Braille, you might change that slightly, but once you've learned those first 10, you're on the way, right? I have sort of a little um, interesting story about Braille. So I actually have a tattoo on my left calf, and it's my mobility cane sort of bent in the shape of a print W, and then hanging from it are two dice, and on the dice are my wife's initials, TH, uh, mm -hmm. in Braille. So uh, because the six dots of Braille sort of look like a six on a dice, yeah. I, I incorporated that into um, the tattoo to kind of, you know, Tell her I love her, I guess. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my, my piece that I like to show people. That's pretty cool. It, did it hurt? <laughs> so the closer they got to the back of my knee, the, the more it hurt. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, it was on the muscle and I was okay. But uh, I'm not a tough guy to begin with, so uh, I might be the wrong guy to ask about that. I've actually spoken with someone who did something that I think it's called branding where they actually raise however they do the um uh the marking it's actually raised so the skin it's like braille dots and she and her friends both have these uh uh letters or braille letters on them and she wouldn't let me see it because she said i would know what it was but it's a secret it's just the them but it's actually branded so you can actually feel the dots like a braille that's really cool. But so it's my, very, very painful, I'm told. <laughs> I was going to say it must be, but mine is not raised. It's just, um, it would be like a, a print print Braille kind of thing. Like it's just... Simulated Braille. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about simulated Braille? 
<laughs> um, if I speak freely, I, I don't get it. But, you know, I don't, I mean, I guess it's good for our sighted friends. But uh, for me, I, I mean, I've seen it at McDonald's, right? They have it on the tables and it'll be like, oh, here's table four. And it's a picture of the number sign and the letter D. So I, I, I don't understand how, how it helps kind of thing. But <gasps> McDonald's has simulated Braille on their tables? Yes. Yes, they I do. did not know that. Uh, we need to fix that. We do. <laughs> I'm a big advocate for no simulated Braille. It's actually kind of like saying, we're doing this for you, but you can't see it. It's, a, it's almost an insult, in my opinion, if they are doing it for the blind population. If it's an awareness tool, then it's a little different. But I have very strong feelings about simulated Braille uh, because they honestly think they're helping. Well, see, that's what I mean. So, for instance, um, not to criticize McDonald's because I do love their food, but w- with with you're going to be eating a whole lot more of it in the next few years. <laughs> let me tell you. Well, it's inter- <laughs> it's interesting because in the at the Windsor CNIB office, we share a parking lot with a McDonald's. So oh, okay. It's, it's literally twenty steps from my desk to the counter where you get your food. So it's you know it, it's kind of hard not to eat it. Mm-hmm. But so I guess what you're supposed to do is if you use their app, you take a picture of. The number that's on the table and they'll deliver your food to the table but if it's table four why not just if i'm taking a picture of it with my phone why not just have the number four instead of this the braille four that probably not many people understand right if it if you're don't have a friend or a family member that reads braille you wouldn't really know what that means so i'd love to know their thinking right because i think somebody in the world thinks that this is somewhere way helpful to people who have sight loss. I really believe they probably do. That's why they've done it. If it's an awareness thing, then, I mean, I get that. Um, we had an incident uh, here not that long ago where one of the big parks was on their opening day, had, you know, they were all accessible and there was Braille signs and all of this stuff. The Braille signs were simulated Braille. And so totally useless to anyone who actually required Braille. And they were very uh, embarrassed, but very frustrated by the fact that we pointed this out to them, that this was not actually Braille. But I bet they looked beautiful. The uh, I'm sure signs. they probably yeah, did. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know because they <laughs> just were like flat pieces of board to me as a Braille user. Do you think that learning Braille will have an impact on your life in, I mean, you've talked about your learning and teaching your child. What about your work life? Are you using Braille at work at all? I do find that I'm using it a little bit more often, um, but uh, I'm, I'm really interested. I really want a refreshable Braille display, um, and I think then I can incorporate it even more into my, into my work life uh, by having the documents you know, converted into Braille quite easily, right, with the refreshable Braille display. Um, I do use my Perkins a lot. I know that's old school, but I, I do find that I like it. And people we've been asking have, uh, what's your favorite Braille device? Uh, a lot of them are telling us it's their Perkins. Even with all the new technology, I actually I used I would say I used the label maker a little bit more, and I know that's just a simple you know piece of plastic kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I'm not sure if uh, many people know this, but as you spin the dial, you have the the braille on top that you can feel. I'm on letter B, but underneath that, it there's print. So like my wife, who is fully sighted, can say, "Oh, you're on." contraction con or or whatever uh, that i'm on so it, it's interesting because she's actually got to see what i'm feeling kind of thing right so she's i don't want to say she's learning alongside of me but she has taken an interest in 
me being able to read to our daughter. My husband, when we first got married, uh, he discovered the label maker. And I got to tell you, for a while, everything in my house had labels because he could make <laughs> labels to make my life easier. So he had to learn about over-labeling things. But it was very um, endearing in the early part of our marriage that he was interested enough to help figure out solutions. And I have, you know, cassette tapes that were brailled 100 years ago or whenever they we used cassette tapes, um, they're still, so I'll have the braille on them. Uh, so... Yeah, it's, what would you say to anybody, Ryan, who was looking to start learning Braille or thinking about whether this was the right decision for them? I mean, there's the have to learn it because there's no other choice. But is there any any advantage or anything you'd want to tell them about your experience and maybe what they want to be prepared for? Sure. So Braille is cool. Um, you know, <laughs> frankly put, I, I think it's very cool. It's um, to me, it's the same as print and print is never going to go out of style. I mean, you can have the Internet, you can have your iPad, you can have all this technology, but you're never going to replace a print novel, a first edition or something like that. Right. So I don't think you're ever going to replace a, a Braille book uh, or a Braille document. That's just it, it. It makes things um, a lot more accessible. And I actually have a, a, a kind of a funny story. A colleague of mine, she she was doing a presentation and she was, frankly put, sick and tired of going to these presentations and she was getting handouts and she's visually impaired so she couldn't see the handouts. So what she did was, for the, for these people she did the presentation for, she brailled her handout and gave it to them and they're all sighted and they're like, well, we don't understand this. And she says, well, welcome to my world because you hand me handouts of type things and I can't see them. So you know, here's a little bit of, you know, hashtag inclusiveness for you. And now you kind of have a taste of your own medicine, right? And she said after that, a lot of people were reaching out to her to say, hey, how can we make these accessible? How, how can we get them to a visually impaired person beforehand? Or you know, how do we create them in Braille? So I thought that was a really neat story on how to kind of incorporate Braille, not only as a reading tool for us visually impaired people, but also a teaching tool. Absolutely. And I bet you they won't forget that. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I thought it was very innovative. Very impactful. Yes. yes. Uh, and I, I've heard, you know, other situations where people have kind of done things like that. And it's a it's a good reminder to people that what do you think when you hear people say, oh, you know, there's not really much point in learning Braille. Everything is so um you know, you can listen to your computer, there's talking books, you know, you use pen friend, there's all these other devices that Braille really is, is a dying art. And really, we shouldn't bother to teach children that. That's a tough question. Because I mean, it's, I really think that it's very important to teach and just take, for instance, myself in my situation, you know, I want to be able to read to my daughter. And I think Braille is one of the best ways to do it and it, it helps me it's helped me in my life so I, I think that it's very important and I really wish you know I remember growing up that I was learning cursive and I don't really teach that anymore in school and I think that's another uh, I guess with, to coin your term a dying art form because you know writing letters you just don't do that you type everything now right and I, I just I really like braille I really think it's it's fascinating. Um, it's a conversation starter. You know, even my parents, they're like, oh, well, what does this say? Or how, you know, how are you doing this? Or how can you read that? And if you get a really 
experienced and good braille reader where they're using both fingers and they're going really fast. It's it's amazing. And to see people even incorporating uh, texting on their iPhone with the braille uh, the braille input is really cool too and very, very fast. Uh, my wife is a very fast texter, but I can say, safely say that I've seen some people in our field using the, the contractions type extremely fast, much faster than she does. And I've been hearing that. It's something I'm, I'm thinking that I want to explore a little bit more myself because I do use the, the touch typing. I'm not very good at it. I have to find the letters and it takes me a little while to do things. But if I was Braille inputting on my iPhone, maybe I would be much quicker. I, I think I might need to investigate that a little bit. There, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So uh, There's the, always a yes, learning curve. Right. Yes. So the way you have your fingers, I keep trying to type one thing and another thing comes out. So it's, I have my fingers in the wrong place, right? So, But it's, it's, it's very similar to typing on the Perkins. You have your six keys. You just have mm-hmm. to place your fingers on the screen. In, in the right lo- place. Right, exactly, yeah. yes. Very good. Any final words or pieces of advice to new Braille learners? Just keep after it. I mean, uh, it, it gets easier, and uh, I know how difficult it might sound, but, you know, Braille is cool. Just just keep after it, and, yeah, definitely Braille is cool. So that's what we'll leave you with, my friends. Braille is cool. You've been listening to Rhonda and Ryan, and because Braille. For more CNIB Foundation podcasts, visit cnib.ca slash podcasts.